talk us through those 80 minutes. No, we prepared to win. We knew that we were here to make history. The whole week, that's what we told ourselves. And you know what? I'm so proud of the boys. Absolutely humbled. And the guys came out. They played with enormous testicles. And we absolutely did it. Fantastic effort. I'm such a happy captain. Welcome, one and all, to another episode of The Dropped Kickoff. My name is Nick Wasiliev, and I am joined once again by the usual suspects as we talk about the upcoming Bledisloe as well as a revised rugby championship. We have a lot to talk about this week, but first of all, I'll throw to Natho. How are you doing, mate? I'm doing good. I'm looking forward to being in the third Bledisloe test coming up. We're finally in the game week. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, me too. It's uh, it feels like it's taken forever to get here, but we are here. I'm also joined uh, by the veteran Nick Hartman. How are you, Nick? Good, good. Um, double vaxxed, so uh, <laughs> good boy. Feeling, yeah, very. You know, I better than people. <laughs> you know, I usually feel that way, but you know, I've got good reason to today. You're full-blooded. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> and then, lastly, Jack. Jack, how you doing, mate? Yeah, good. Um, excited for you know the upcoming tests. I think we got five five tests in five weeks because of the rugby championship. Good to have rugby finally um, being played in in the country after all this toing and froing. Yeah, look, it's it is nice to 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 have a, a revised schedule. We have a plan. Last last time we were talking on the pod, there was a lot of questions up in the air about where it'll be going ahead and what'll be happening. But now we are officially playing in Queensland. Um, Assuming, pending, of course, that 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 COVID, fingers crossed, stays uh, stays away. We really hope it does stay away from Queensland, so we get to enjoy um, a fantastic rugby championship. But we have our five questions once again, um, because the last time we were on, the, it's, there's so much has happened in the last the last couple of weeks. So we're going to try and get to all of this as quickly as possible. Question one: We're going to just touch on this entire AUNZ situation that occurred, the back and forth. The New Zealand coming and not coming to Australia, um, everything in between. What, what the question we have is: What do you reckon about this whole uh, situation between the R- R- Rugby Australia and the New Zealand Rugby Union, and what is the way forward? Question two: We're going to talk about that revised uh, rugby championship. The box and the Pumas are in, have officially arrived. They're on Australian soil, um, and soon we'll be kicking off all in Queensland. What are we looking? What is one thing we're looking forward to in the revised rugby championship? Question three, staying with that, um, we, it's, effect, it's fair to say that the box and the and the Kiwis are currently probably two of the strongest teams in world rugby at the moment. What would qualify as a solid result for our improving Wallabies side? Question four, uh, we're going to the rugby on the weekend. Uh, the Perth test is going ahead. Bledisloe number three, what are we excited for regarding Bledisloe three? And then lastly, question five, to round out what is going to be a very busy podcast, uh, Super Rugby has now got a future. We are going back to the uh, back to basics with our, with Super Rugby Pacific. The return of tw- uh, to twelve teams around Robin competition, notably the return of the Fiji and Drua and Moana Pacifica, um, as well. So with the, we're going to ask a question about this because uh, a lot of people have kind of been looking at this competition with a few raised eyebrows, a lot of excitement, but a few raised eyebrows. Is it a return to the good old days of Super Twelve, um, or is it a last roll of the dice for Super Rugby? So, firstly, question one, boys, I don't know where to even begin with this because there has been so much back and forth between uh, Rugby Australia and New Zealand Rugby Union, even though uh, it seems now to be largely resolved, it's it's 
probably going to be known as renowned as one of the most tumultuous times in terms of Australian and New Zealand rugby relations. Nathan, I'm going to throw to you first. What do you reckon that happened in terms of this whole this whole situation between uh, Rugby Australia and NZRU? Oh goodness me! It was a quite a quite a busy couple of days, by the sounds of it. Um, <laughs> look, I guess it's to be honest, it's the COVID world we live in. It's just it throws chaos into everything. I think we do have to understand as well. You when you look at the sort of the hold up was around sort of Kiwi player welfare. You know, when you and when you look at the now had multiple players missing this test because they're going to go for the birth of their children. Obviously, that probably had something to do with it as well. They didn't want to be stranded in Australia and not potentially be able to go home. But I mean, at this stage, I'm just happy just to see it all sorted. I think as you sort of touched on those questions, getting Super Rugby Pacific over the line, I think is a good step in that relationship being sorted, and that we can just go sort of back to sort of sorting it out in the field, really. Yeah, it's it's kind of nice to just have things that are a bit more positive to talk about, especially because you know, we, we're, considering the last couple of years, we're we're no strangers to off-field drama and off-field chaos ensuing around you know things that are happening behind the scenes, especially between you know the NZIU and, and Rugby Australia. Um, Nick, I, I know that you know you and I have, have seen plenty of, of chaos go on behind the scenes in our time at Gaga. What are your thoughts on this whole situation? Do you reckon this is the lowest? That, that last couple of days was the lowest in terms of the relations between Rugby Australia and New Zealand Rugby uh, in terms of the context of, of Sanzar and where we are with Super Rugby? Um, to be honest, I'm not sure. Um, I think, you know, there was something about the 2003 World Cup. Um, we we're, were talking about it before. Um, Jack said it had something to do with contracts or commercial contracts or whatever. But I've got a, I've got a feeling it was uh, John O'Neill pulled the plug on that so maybe it was lower then um but um the report seemed to say that they were doing it for money which i get um i don't know why new zealand doesn't have any money you'd think creating this team that just beats the shit out of their opposition for like 12 years straight would put you in a good stead but um (laughs) they've gotten so good that um you know, it's like damaging Australia. Because I think, you know, Australians really expect to beat New Zealand all the time, or, you know, nine times out of ten. Um, and for some reason, New Zealand are just oh, being massive dicks. Like, they're run by dumb holes. <laughs> I think they, like, I, I don't really get it. Um, I, they really got to work really closely with Rugby Australia. Like, that's the way forward. And if, like, rugby got more popular, I think rugby's probably it's the least popular. I think it's probably getting towards the bottom of the, the graph in terms of popularity. But if they just worked with Australian rugby more and, you know, were less shitty about it, then I, I think that's a better long-term plan than just shopping around the All Blacks as Harlem Globetrotters, which it sounded like they wanted to do playing in London. Yeah, look, there was there was a lot of rumours going around about the reasoning around the delays, whether it was player welfare. There was a there was an article which which talked about how pro, the there was some sort of business connections around around New Zealand's recent pi, private equity uh, involvement um, and why potentially moving the the Bledisloe to London would have been more financially beneficial. Um, 
there's, there's been a lot of things that have been slung on both sides of the ditch um, in terms of in regards to it. It's, it's, and I certainly, for one, you know, thought to myself in the initial stages that it would be a little bit concerning considering what happened, what transpired between uh, the NZIU and and uh, South Africa um, last year, which we saw the the box, the, all the all the Super Rugby sides from South Africa leave and go to Europe. Um, it would certainly put be a little bit worrying if if the relationship between Rugby Australia and New Zealand Rugby would would also uh, would also falter because after that, uh, um, who else has New Zealand Rugby got in terms of their in terms of their relations? But it, it, look, it is it is positive to see that things seem to have been resolved. I think it was it was interesting to see how how um, blunt Dave Rennie was in regards to the whole situation at the time. He was kind of just let off the leash and went and went hell for leather. Um, it's but it is interesting to see that we are at. Uh, that we are now have got that Bledisloe test, and of course we'll get onto the rugby championship in a bit. Jack, what do you reckon's the way forward in terms of the these this whole relations now? Do you think it's do you reckon it's the hatchet's buried and we're on the way up, or are you still a little worried about what's going to happen going forward? No, I love the drama. Nations bailing it out, <laughs> not just on the footy field, but you know off field in the in the boardroom. Yeah, New Zealand, a bunch of dogs. <laughs> Like, that's, you can that's, see, that's the official you get, lie. Yeah, I mean, you know, New Zealand rugby have you know New Zealand rugby's best interests at heart. They've always, they always have. They've always been you know the power brokers that are trying to shuffle and and you know position All Blacks at at, at the top of the pyramid. Um, you can see, you know, it, it's pretty simple. You can see why you know they they were you know concerned over um, you know travel border restrictions covid all this sort of stuff and they didn't want to come over but it's as they said it's it's you know this covid world is a jigsaw and everyone's trying to do their best and i think you know new zealand positioned themselves as you know we have to have everything you know the way we want it before we jump i think what was particularly disappointing was the fact that you know we we moved our schedule um we played two two uh, games at Eden Park. We delayed the Perth test another week and then we had to delay it again and they still didn't come. So I, I think that's where the resentment is. You know, there's there's not a lot of uh, give and take between uh, the two nations. Um, and, I, yeah, as you said, I loved uh, Rennie getting fired up. Um, you know, mm. as, as a national coach, you've got to stand up for your, for the Wallabies, you know. Yeah. And, and I love that that he was, uh, you know, he was, uh, yeah, human. So yeah, I, I love it. Um, the way forward, I think yeah, there's there's got to be better collaboration, especially we'll, we'll touch on it later. But you know, we're you know shrinking the size of of, of Sansa really. Like uh, it's uh you know Australia and New Zealand, they really want to you know sort things out. They got to be you know pulling pulling the same oar. You know they got to be collaborating. They've got to see the bigger picture. But as long as that you know. Uh, national interest uh, keeps happening. Uh, I think we'll see uh, things going the way they are, which I don't really mind. It's a great, you know, narrative off the uh, off the field. You know, two two nations, two strong nations, going at it. Yeah, I, look, I, I get the point, and I do understand that it's all we all love the drama. But considering how many years it's been that that the drama has kind of been such a preoccupied part of Australian rugby. Uh, to, to be honest, I'm I'm a bit over it. <laughs> it's let's just let the let's just let the boys play. Let's let the boys play and just let the rugby be the be the news. 
Um, it does complains a bit, but I, I tell you what, I would have loved if the official message coming out from other um, Andy Marinos or Hamish was, "You guys are a bunch of dogs." <laughs> <laughs> I would have loved that. Would have been that would I would have lost if that was their statement coming out. But. He was pretty strongly worded, though. Andy was. He, he, yeah, did, he was... did let him. He did let him know he was a bit pissed. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's about time that we just kind of focus on the football. And but to be honest, you know, let's face it. After that, after that defeat, it's kind of nice not focusing on the football and that result. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it, 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 it definitely... around the world. I don't think uh, New Zealand rugby did themselves any favors, especially you know they've had a you know quite a bit of history recently with um yeah sort of being um uh, unwilling and a bit um yeah a bit bit tight so yeah it'll be curious to see how uh as super rugby pacific you know begins to transpire and emerge and everything in between uh what uh how that relationship might be changed or if, for, for good or ill going forward but it was certainly uh, certainly an interesting couple of days to look at to put it very very mildly but uh, we'll move on to we'll move on to question two, um, and because uh, regardless of all the drama off the field, we now are having is uh, we're now having rugby. Rugby is officially coming, and Queensland is the place to be. So the revised rugby championship will be kicking off, uh, well kicking off or happening this weekend uh, with the rugby. Well, sorry, I'll re- I'll backtrack. Starting with the we're doing the Bledisloe this weekend, but then after that, uh, continuing on with the rugby championship in uh, in Queensland. Um, Argentina, Springboks are on uh, are on Australian soil, um, and God, there's a lot of games uh, here that look exciting. Um, I'm going to throw to you first, Nick, uh, for this one. We're talking. I feel like it's a bit it's a bit cheap to say what's one thing we're looking forward to in this revised rugby championship, but because there's so many great games that look that look like they'll uh, they'll be the kind of the highlights of the tournament. But what's the one thing you're looking forward to? Oh. No. Good question. If I had to uh, reduce it down to one, um, I think probably uh, the double headers uh, in a time zone where I can watch them. I think that's probably what I'm looking forward to. Um, just be great to watch some rugby, and also great to know that uh, New Zealand and uh, Springboks will be curtain raisers to the Puma Trophy. So <laughs> I think both occasions. But yeah, no, that's that's what I'm looking forward to. Say. Yeah, I reckon I'm I'm very envious of any uh, of any rugby fans in Queensland right now um, who uh, who will have the chance to to go and check out a whole bunch of games um, and not and not only that but enjoy games back to back, which is uh, something I am incredibly envious of. Um, and I saw the tickets for something like fifty bucks. For both pretty games. cheap. You'll, yeah, yeah. So two, good. two for one as well. Yeah, so good. But, Buy bring a mate for free, and then the um, 100th match in New Zealand, I think it's four bronze tickets for $99, but oh, that's, wow. enough, that's, enough, that's enough of me being a rugby Australia shield. We'll just get back to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, you gotta, you got to sell them somehow. This, you you got to do it somehow, but, like, I'll tell you what, it's... That it's, is a stone cold deal. Yeah, that is a that, that's that's You'll no. Lose I, money I, not buying those tickets. <laughs> I wouldn't call that stone cold deal. I call that daylight robbery. That's daylight robbery. That is two two, you know, two two rugby games for a fraction of the price that you normally that we'd normally pay at ANZ. So I'd, I'd take that. Can I get out to a game for those prices? Yeah, You're not a rugby fan. <laughs> not a Jack, on, so I'm assuming Jack that the, the tickets are the one thing that you're very much looking for. The ticket pricing is the one thing that you're looking forward to, even though we can't go. <laughs> yeah, 
yeah, I, I'm just, yeah, excited. Like, you know, I'm ever the optimist, you know, the, the Bledisloe, we haven't, you know, won that this year, but, you know, there's plenty of points still on the table. If we get a win over New Zealand, that's, you know, um, you know, in the second in the second week of the rugby championship, that sets us up really well going forward. And it's like a, it's like a mini world cup. I think um, it'll be a good trial and to even get the rugby championship based here in Queensland for, you know, second year in a row, it's in Australia. That's a, that's a huge win. So um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. As you said, double headers, plenty of games that, that Springbok All Blacks game will be a cracker. So yeah, for that to be a, a curtain raiser for the uh, the main match is is pretty cool. Yeah, well that's that's my tip. I am so excited for that one hundredth test. I think I honestly don't know who is going to win that game. I think it's uh, I reckon the Springboks will fancy themselves a real chance here, because um, it's been there's been a lot of talk about how New Zealand are going. I know that the the decision to reappoint Ian Foster, which has also happened in this last couple of weeks as well, has been a lot of people were in New Zealand were happy about it. A lot of people weren't happy about it. Um, it's, it's a, it's. I reckon there's a, a lot of it's. It's going to be a very interesting uh, that that test match, especially the fact that they're playing on a neutral on neutral ground, which I know has been a massive bone of contention between both sides um, in terms of this game. Nathan, what are your thoughts? Which one are you looking forward to the most? I think everything's been covered. That that test up in Townsville. Well, I think it's one of the first test matches that's going to be played. It's going to be. That's that's centurion match between New Zealand and South Africa, which will be great. But I'm I'm going to see it's just being real basic. I mean, we got what four, including this weekend, five weeks straight of rugby, four weeks from being double headers. It's it's just nice to have that. Con- well, his fingers crossed. Knock on wood. Just have that consistent football coming back. Yeah, it is. It's just it like it's it's a very nice thing to hit to feel that. Oh, Guarantee rugby for a de- decent period of time. I'm really, mm. I really hope we're not tempting fate here, mm. <laughs> because this is the times that yeah. we live in. Um, it's just, it's just good to see the uh, the Springboks back as well. Like get yeah. the crack and testing ourselves, you know, against the you know the world number one as it stands now. Um, I think that'll be that'll be a ripper, and it'll be interesting to see uh, what tactics the Wallabies use when they're when they're coming up against them because. You know, all, all the all the rhetoric around you know the Lions test and the way the Springboks play the you know truck and trundle kind of kind of rugby. Um, it'll be interesting to see if we can negate that or whether the, the Springboks change their plans when they're versing us and and try and play more expansive to match us. Um, yeah, it'll be an interesting battle. Yeah, it's uh, it 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 will be an interesting battle, and I think that leads us nicely on to to question three because uh, it is fair to say that in the in the context of the entire layout of the rugby championship, um, you know the two top dogs are you can argue right now are the Springboks, World Cup champions, um, and also coming off that Lions series win, um, world number ones, and New Zealand and the All Blacks, one of the you know one of the strongest teams in the world, um, cannot deny that they are definitely. You know, in that in in the conversation when it comes to the current best team in the world uh, at the moment, um, it's you know it's it, it is it has been interesting and it has been positive watching the Wallabies this year in terms of you know the general uptake in terms of improvement. Um, you know, we won that France series, which I think is for context, I think is the first time we've actually won a series at home since like 2016, which I think is a, is a, is a, well actually no 2014 which I think is a statistic that actually amazes me whenever I've heard about it, whenever I've gone back to it. Um, and, yes, we didn't win those those 
Bledisloe test, but yeah, it's you, you're playing in New Zealand. It's tough. Um, I'll throw to you first for this one, Jack. Um, in terms of a discussion for for Rennie's uh, Wallabies, what what do you reckon is a good pass mark for uh, for this Wallaby side going into this match, into this series rather? Well, first of all, I don't want to see any more draws. That's the first thing. <laughs> <laughs> draws, draws don't cut it. I think we, what do we have? Two, two last year. We had yeah, three, three, yeah, three draws last year, which is I think is a it's the Jesus. already in his yeah. first year. Rennie had held the record for like the most number of draws ever by an Australian coach in his yeah. first year. So it'd be great to get a you know a, a bit of clean air there. Get you know either a result in the in the win column or or, or at least a valiant loss column. I think um, yeah maybe. Two wins over, two wins over Argie is got to be expected. I think that's you know your baseline. Um, if we win this weekend over New Zealand, I think it's a sellout crowd still over in Perth. Um, that'd yep, be sellout. awesome. Um, and then if we could jag a win against South Africa, that's a pretty successful campaign. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I, I think you know two. Um, two wins over Argentina and two solid wins over Argentina would, you know, be at least uh, a pass mark. Yeah, it's it, it is tough. It is tough to to examine, you know, whether we'll get a win over the likes of of the box or something like that. It would be absolutely amazing if we do. Um, but I, I do agree about those Argentina games because, especially, they seem a little bit off their game. Um, their tour, the tour that they had against the, the, when they went to Europe, they were really pushed by, I think it was Romania, which was a big surprise. And then even though they won that series against um, uh, against Wales, it was against um, admittedly a depleted Wales side with most of their stars uh, on Lions duties. And then those two games in South Africa, they were both kind of not very convincing at all. So um, it'll be curious to see if they can measure up and deliver the performances that they did when they were playing very well last year in, here in Australia. Um what are your thoughts, Nathan? Do you think that uh, at least two wins, both against the RGs, is is the pass mark, or do you reckon that the boys can go higher? Ah, uh, I'm somewhat in between. I think Jack's called a four out of five wins as a pass mark is a, is a yeah. bit much, but I think uh, we I, set a high standard. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm with, with you on the Argentina. I think there, I, I get they upset New Zealand last year, and they they showed their quality. But I think we're now at that stage where you've got to look at Argentina as an opponent on home home soil where you go, we should be winning both games. If we if we want to consider ourselves to be a, a top nation, we need to we need to beat or say a top six nation, we need to beat Argentina twice. I think if we can grab one win out of against South Africa out of the two, I think you come away with that happy. It all just depends on how we sort of gel against them and how, as you, as you sort of touched on before, that st- the style they play and the tactics. But I, I think that's probably your pass mark. You don't want to be walk If you walk away from this series with no wins against New Zealand, no wins against South Africa, you kind of then just put us in, in that category of good, but not good enough. You All of a sudden you have, new, I think you, you would then have New Zealand, South Africa, England, all on another tier to everyone else, and we almost become sort of tier two with France and sort of the rest of the Six Nations, Wales, your islands. And I'd throw Argentina in there as well. So 
I think we need at least one win out of the three games against New Zealand and South Africa, along with sort of a clean sweep of the Argies to sort of call this a pass marker for competition. Yeah, at least, a, at le- you mean like at least a 50%, so at least one win against either New Zealand or South Africa, and then yeah. at least hopefully try to get those two wins against Argentina. Three and, from five is what I'm saying. Yeah, three from five. What do you reckon, Nick? Do you reckon three from five is a is a pass mark? Well, I mean, ma- mathematically it is, but do you reckon three from five uh, is a good is a good thing to strive for for our for our Wallabies? I think um, two out of five is a pass mark. Um, it's either beating Argentina twice or beating Argentina and beating South Africa and New Zealand. Yeah, look, it's it. Mm. It's a, look. It's it's an interesting one. I reckon. I think that there is a chance that I am optimistic, or not optimistic. I do believe yeah. that this team, yeah. in the direction that they are going, can actually pull off a win against either New Zealand or South Africa, which I know is tempting fate <laughs> because we are here on a podcast, and and it's it's now out there in the ether. But there is a great team in this in this side, and there is and that uh, you know the, the matches that they have played, even when they've gone down. They have shown that there is something, there is a lot more value in that jersey now. There's a lot more value in in what they're trying to do. It's just a matter of how they turn up, really. And I do, and you know, the fact that they did, you know, push New Zealand at Eden Park in that first game, even though they got smashed in that second game, or the fact that they did win, they they drew in in Wellington last year, or the fact that they did win in Brisbane. Yes, it's not consistent, which is the big issue that I think we face right now but it shows that there's a good team there there is something there and that, and th- that france series showed that that team is heading in the right you're direction so optimistic you were so optimistic i know i'm the i've become hugh cavill haven't i <laughs> i really have i'm the hugh cavill of this podcast um now but look it's you never i i, I do believe that there is a really strong team here and i do think yeah. that they are heading in a, in a there are at least heading in a positive direction i do think mm-hmm. i mean i'm realistic in saying that I think two out of five is a bare minimum requirement, but I do believe that it can be three out of five because I'm with you, Nick. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Good boy. See, I'm with you. I'm, 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 I'm having what I'm having what Jack's having after the, the last pod, and I'm hoping it doesn't blow up in our faces like it did the previous time. Yeah, <laughs> we'll come back uh, to this pod yeah. one and five and just be like, oh god. <laughs> You'll, you'll you'll basically see us the following week, and we'll be like, "Yep, it, it went as shit as we thought it would." Um, My, um, and then we can just reclaim, uh, you know, we can just claim the rebuilding tags. It doesn't matter. <laughs> we're just building for the World Cup. Yeah, it's 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 yeah, the, tags were, building. the tags. The tags. got this. Minutes, uh, why not? <laughs> My grandma's got this. She had this polar bear statue. Like it's a really good statue. It's like China. It's white, and the polar bear is kind of strutting. And the Puma trophy reminds me of that polar bear. Mm-hmm. And this like this polar bear, like, you know, it's a big thing, you know, five people have dibbed in, you know, when you know Graham dies. I want that polar bear statue. I just want the I want that Puma trophy. Actually, I want to buy a replica Puma trophy. I just love it. Like it's just what are we gonna do? name this trophy? Oh fucking Puma, why not? Nice. Yeah. Like, you know, who's who's that um old Argentinian dude who used to be the prop for the Wallabies? Ledesma, oh, Ledesma, yeah. No, no, no. He no. wasn't a prop. He was the coach. Ledesma, the oh, um, Noriega. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Should have called it the Noriega. True. Yeah. We still, we still got it. It's still, still in our hands. So just. Fuck, fuck, Is it at rugby AU HQ? Uh, no, no comment. 
All of a sudden, I'll, I'll, I'll wake up one day with missing a pass, and then I'll just see just see Nick at the top of the stairs, just trying to find his way into the dun, trophy cabinet. Just that cheeky grin that he's got. Dun. And he'd be like, nah, nah, nah. I'm not, I'm not getting it. I'm not getting it. I'm fine. Yeah, nah, nah. Just, he, nah, tries, nah, nah, nah. he tries to run out and just gets sideswiped by Michael Hooper running in the field. <laughs> Oi, yeah, it's my Puma trophy. Stealing the, stealing the Puma trophy. I like it. <laughs> um, let's move on to question four because uh, we have got one match this weekend, which is Bledisloe 3, which is finally happening um, in, uh, in the West um, in front of, as mentioned, a sold-out crowd um, in Perth. Um, nearly sixty thousand, I think, so, uh, will be will be a t- will be in attendance, which will be a glorious sight to see. Last time the Wallabies played, they pulled up a record win against the All Blacks, which uh, equaled the previous score that they also set back in, I think it was ninety nine, when they won forty seven twenty six. Obviously, things have changed a lot since then, um, but uh, it is certainly going to be a very interesting Test match and seeing how how the teams go, especially because of the personnel changes in both sides. Um, Nick, I'm going to throw to you first this one. What are you excited for regarding Bledisloe 3? Um, well, uh, Paul Cully, who writes for the Sydney Morning Herald, uh, tweeted earlier this week something about the team sheet or the fact that Quaid was doing media. So I'd like to say, of course, that is what I'm looking forward to if Quaid comes on because I immediately started thinking about our little wrestling joke we had a couple of weeks ago about... <laughs> Um, what's his name coming out? I've got. I swear, there's got to be. There's got to be a movie where, like, someone comes out of retirement to beat their old foe. There's like that's a trope, right? Like, isn't that that's basically that's what like everyone knows? Every did. sports movie ever. Isn't it like, yeah. isn't it like Rocky Twelve, I think, did that one. <laughs> However many oh, bloody. That's, you know, just I want it. I want to see it. Quaid come out. Yeah. Oh, it's not happening. Get over it. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> you, he got he got put up for media and everyone's everyone's put two and two together. He, <laughs> I'm I'm here just to kind of lower the expectations. You know how like the NRL's got that Norm Proven trophy of if you're holding the other dude, you know, that's the NRL grand final trophy. They should have that for, like instead of the new Bledisloe. This Quaid kneeing Richie, you know? <laughs> Have a little clean. Absolutely. I'd, I'd be so <laughs> down for that. Just that could just be like a man of the match trophy. Just <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Quaid, Quaid. Uh, and if I'm not allowed Quaid by Nathan, um... I'm, the, I'm the selector. You're not allowed Quaid. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's probably you know if, if Isaac Rodder comes back into the fold, I'm probably excited to see how he goes and um, shores up that shitty shitty lineout. Yeah, it's look. It's, it has it, the lineout has left a lot to be desired. I'm not sure if it is just due to issues with BPA or if just the calls have just gone to crap, gone to hell um, in the last couple of weeks, um, or the fact that it was just Eden Park, Eden Park jitters coming once again to to affect us all. Um, but yeah, it's it would be nice to see some old faces back, um, some faces that have beaten the All Blacks before, and giving a bit more, kind of giving the the the, uh, the young exciting talent a bit more uh, experience, which I think that that is that is needed a little bit for this Wallaby side. Nathan, what do you think about the changes from the All Blacks perspective? Because I know there's a couple of players who aren't making the trip over to Perth, um, which might have a bit of an impact um, in terms of things from their perspective. I mean, it might have a, it might have a bit of an impact losing for any normal team. If you lose 
your starting halves and your captain, you're all of a sudden looking for sort of answers. But, I mean, they lose a fly half in Malonga and bring in Bowden Barrett. Like, that's 1A and 1B. It's probably in probably discussion for your best fly halves in the world. Uh, and then they, they have depth all over the park there. I, w- I wouldn't be going into this thinking, oh, they're going to be a weak and all-black side because they're missing these, these guys. They're going to be out firing. What I'm interested to see, I want to see our reaction. And I know we kind of say this every single time, but there was um, – the, the Tate was up today for media – and he had a very interesting quote where he just, we basically, it was very brutal and honest about that defense. The, the line that sticks out was, it, it was nowhere near good enough in the second test when we conceded 57 points. To call ourselves a tier one nation and do that is really quite embarrassing, to be honest. Now, I know we've heard these kind of, oh, we need to be better, la, la, la. But that type of honesty kind of, it's brutal, but it's what you really want to hear. And it's that kind of recognition of, yes, that wasn't good enough. So let's see how they – you've had three weeks to kind of think about it, three weeks to analyse it. Let's see what the response is. I'm really looking forward to seeing what we can do. And by the way, just as a side point, despite all my Quay Cooper talk, I'm loving how this is probably going to blow up my face Friday afternoon where he gets named <laughs> to start at 10. But I, I, I want to see the response that comes Yes. Out. <laughs> I hope it does. Yeah, it'll be like a – You'll see Nick. You'll see Nick's follow with one with the Puma Trophy in one hand, and then the the Friday report in the other, sneaking out with the ah, nah, we got this, we got this, quite. And he's just and you just look at it, and it's been scribbled out. Lalesio's been scribbled out, and in pen is just Quaid, just one word. <laughs> I can see it from here. <laughs> um. Yeah, but I love I love Tate's you know honesty. Like that's the that's the new kind of uh, crop of Wallabies coming through, and. You know, the fact that they won't accept that sort of level when they're trying to, you know, we're trying to reach that top three in the world. Um, and, yeah, you just can't leak points against the All Blacks. And, and hopefully they've, they've learned something from that um, for this upcoming test. Um, I think it'll be a very hostile environment when they go over there, which is good. Um, uh, hopefully they, you know, can experience something that they don't experience very often, which is, you know, um, uh, yeah, a hostile, loud Aussie crowd, and, th- and that might just put them off their game. Uh, I hope Samu Karevi gets a run. Um, yeah, you know, that that <laughs> when he when he's barnstormed over Bowden Barrett in in the 2019 Test over there, that's a that is an iconic moment in rugby history. Um, so to see him back would be great. Um, I think he's a like for like sort of um, Hunter Baisami replacement. Um, yeah, it'd be, it'd be a great story to see Quaid, you know, even on the bench, come on with 20 minutes to go. It would just, you know, bring it, bring it full circle. Just, just have, um, have a shot for every time they cross the Quaid sitting on the bench. Yeah. Oh, God. And another shot if they talk about, oh, when's he going to come on? Oh, yeah. yeah. And then he comes on. Every time, a shot every time Quaid Cooper just throws a directionless flick pass. That's, that's, the, that's the entertainment value you're getting with Quaid, though. I, I love it. Like, you know, he, he was on fire at the Melbourne Rebels for a while and then that sort of petered out. But, like, you know, he, you know, say what you will, he draws eyeballs to the screens and, and everyone's interested in what he's doing and, and what he's going to do. So, um, but yeah, in, in terms of the test, um, I think we can do it. I think um, Perth, you know, it's been good hunting ground for us. Um, 
and we always seem to win when the you know when the Bledisloe's wrapped up. So. <laughs> you know, and, and, and we're still, you know we're still in the hunt for the rugby championship. So getting you know yeah. this is almost a reset, and getting a win um, over the All Blacks would be a good start to our campaign. Yeah, and I think it's it it is you know going off the the France series that I think it's fair to say that a lot of these Australian players do love and feed off a, a solid crowd and. Um, hopefully, if we can if we can replicate that sort of atmosphere um, that we had in 2019, which I reckon you know the Perth faithful have have showed time and time again that they are fantastic rugby fans and they're very vocal. They get into it um, just by the force games uh, that you've seen that we've seen routinely getting you know nearly sold out attendances at. Mm. So I reckon uh, it'll be a it'll be a fantastic weekend of rugby, yeah. and uh, I really hope that uh, that we can we can turn up. And Plus, again, I love I love Nathan's point like. Let's learn from it. Let's learn from what we from from where we messed up at Eden Park, and come out with a new yeah. attitude. I was gonna say two things as well. The return of Sunday afternoon football, I just perfect. Love mm. loved to have back. It was like a perfect time slot. And also just just a side note, the magic number sixty one two four one. If we can, that's the Perth record from twenty nineteen. If we can beat mm-hmm. that, that would just be perfect. By the way, tickets still available. The shill only comes out and never dies, but yeah, if we, if we basically sixty-five thousand, it'd be a Sunday afternoon. That'd just be a perfect site for the game, I reckon. Yeah, yeah. It's a matter of national pride that you know we sell out uh, a stadium. Yeah, the way, after the way the All Blacks have you know treated poor old Australian rugby, <laughs> just even even out of spite, just get there and buy a ticket. Yeah, it'll be it'll certainly be an interesting one to look at and uh, one to keep uh, to keep notice of. Um, let's turn to uh, to our final question of the night, and and this is around uh, a certain competition that has recently been unveiled um, earlier this week. Um, there's been a lot of talk about what Super Rugby has, is going to look like um, mm. coming going forward, and finally we now have it. Super Rugby Pacific um, will be unveiled and will be taking place uh, in February next year, um, which which sees us return to the days of Super 12 with a round-robin um, kind of setup, um, five Australian teams, five New Zealand teams, and then critically two brand-new teams representing the Pacific Islands. We have the return of the mighty Fijian Rua, who uh, cleaned up in the NRC um, many years ago, um, but we also have the return of Moana Pacifica um, as well. Uh, which will which will make up the last team uh, to play in this competition. Um, there's been a lot of interesting responses to this competition, and uh, Nathan, I'm going to throw to you for this final question of the night. Um, you know, a lot of people have been excited by the fact that it's just a return to the good old days where we don't need seven tables to figure out who's who's leading the competition, um, and it's just re- it reminds us of the old of the you know Super Twelves of old. But some people have been less than enthusiastic about it. Um, do you reckon that this competition will be uh, on paper from what we've seen so far uh, should work, or do you reckon it's potentially a last roll of the dice for Super Rugby as, a, as an actual competition? Uh, I wouldn't say that. I, I like it. I think I, one of the things is I know people want that sort of Super Rugby AU format, but I think uh, this might just be trying to, me trying to find excuses for, for trans-Tasman, but I think what we saw at the end of that was we were really – that was the grand final for Super Rugby for us. We were, I, I think, both especially saw with the Reds and Brummies that first couple of weeks. They were they were cooked. 
just probably from celebrating. So to have like a proper 12-team competition where we, we know what we're doing, we don't have to worry about, oh, do we have to play five or six games afterwards? We can, as a lot of the sort of coaches have said, having that planning you planning stage where you can be like, right, we know this is starting in February. We can sort of work towards that and properly test ourselves. Um, and then also the secondary part of that is having Fiji and Moana Pacific you know, exposes us to an our style of rugby. Not only that, sort of creates those pathways so you can actually continue the development of the sport and they hopefully stay in Fiji and not have to look, say, to go to Europe or go to league. I think it's a really positive step for a competition that, let's face it, from this, for me, this sort of feels like the base level. And from here, you can bring in Japanese clubs. You can potentially, I know people don't like the time zone, but maybe look at the Argentinians if you can potentially sort of work out a way to play most of the games, or like, say, 12 p.m. our time, you know, I think. But it, I think it's, it's a positive first step with South Africa looking to essentially become a Northern Hemisphere team. Yeah, look, it's it, it certainly seems like a good base competition. But, yeah, I, my, my thoughts on that one, like, yeah, but it, it's good. But I reckon it's a situation now. Of we've, since pretty much 2016, there has been a declining sense of of enjoyment towards the competition. I think since it beca- because it became too complicated and because we bought teams in left, right and centre, so, um, I think it's a simple situation of pick and stick right now before you bring those teams in. But it certainly does look encouraging. Do um, do you, uh, Jack or, or Nico, do, I'll go I'll go to you, Jack. Do you disagree? Um, do you reckon it's a pick and stick situation or do you think it's it's a, a case of uh, the competition or of this just the, the building blocks for something much bigger? No, I think uh, on paper it looks great. You know, the best five teams from Australia, best five teams from New Zealand, um, throw in sort of that Pacifica vibe. Um, you know, Moana Pacifica, which is ostensibly... Um, I think an extra New Zealand team and, and it'd be good to see the Fiji and Drua um, back ripping it up. I think they're going to be based in Australia. So that's even more eyeballs um, for, for rugby fans. Um, Super Rugby Pacific, I think that's a bit of a lame name. I think they could have stuck with the Super Rugby, um, but whatever, you can't have it all. Um, but yeah, I, I, I sort of like the makeup. I think, I think, as you said, we need to pick and stick with this. You know, it's, it's up to the New Ze- uh, the Australian teams to, you know, lift their standard. Um, but, yeah, uh, I think the, the eight-team the eight um, finals, I, I can see why they did that. Um, it's, you know, to pretty much guarantee an Australian team gets in at least one, maybe two. Um, so I, I think that is positive and it, and it actually creates, you know, drama and it, you know, you're fighting for spots right until the end of the season. You know, the, where it's you know in previous previous uh, iterations, the the bottom of the table has been pretty much decided. Um, so I think that's a great element, to be honest. Um, what I would like to see is, yeah, as I touched on before, like more collaboration. You know, it's you know in, in Super Rugby gone by, it's each nation trying to you know be the best they can and one up and get the trophies and that. But I think, you know, you look at competitions around the world, um, it's more collaborative. So I, I, I think um, there should be a focus on, you know, joint. Um, it's it's uh, being said in the media that it's a joint venture. And I, I, I'd really like to see that in practice, you know, Australia, New Zealand, 
um, working out the best way, not just to make their teams the best, but to actually make the um, competition competitive and entertaining as possible. Because, you know, fact is New Zealand don't care about an entertaining product like Super Rugby. Super Rugby is just for making um, the super team strong that feed into the All Blacks. So they're not interested in, you know, how the whole of the competition is going. Um, it's just, yeah, a farm system for the All Blacks. So I, I would like to see that, you know, sort of taken away and, and actually build this comp up as a, you know, an entertaining product rather than just a, a development competition for national honours. Yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting one to look at. And I think as kind of leaning off that too, I think as well there has definitely been a mood, I reckon, at least from from what I've seen within Rugby Australia, to try and also really encourage um, the growth of Pacific Rugby too, um, because we've taken, you know, the, the, it has. It's no secret that, you know, so many players get taken from that part of the world um, and go mm. to teams all over the place. And, yeah. I mean, the the, the fact that, that Rugby Australia was really active in trying to include the Drawer in the NRC um, years ago, um, and the fact that, you know, they've kind of been one of the pushes to kind of get them back. And there has been talk of a Pacific Super Rugby team for years, for years, um, joining the competition. Um, I think that, you know, hopefully this can be the start of, of turning that tide mm. and, and getting, you know, not just a collaboration involving Australia and New Zealand, but actually giving those, you know, those you know, super rugby teams or those teams in, in Pacifica, in, in the Pacific Islands, yeah. just some the chance to actually become strong entities, to become strong, uh, you know, give the actual game there some resources to actually kind of, yeah. you've got a professional team that, that, that can be helped out and be supported um, and which can hopefully lead to more success for those Pacific nations down the track because at the, at the end of the day, we owe it to them to mm. for them to be actually well, strong. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> they've got to be they've got to be strong in their own right as well um you know they need to set the foundations that they can you know support um uh you know uh, their own their own structures you know world rugby is helping out with moana pacifica and fiji and drua what i'd love to see is um moana pacifica become sort of you know a loophole team where you know previous all black or wallaby qualified guys with pacific heritage can come back and play for yeah, and that just automatically qualifies them for to go play for Tonga or or Fiji or you know the the islands of their the birth or heritage. Yeah, it'd be look it'd be it'd be an interesting one to look at. Nick, what do you reckon? Do you reckon those teams will be competitive? What do you, what are your thoughts on this comp as a whole? As a final point, um, I thought what you said um, at the start was pretty interesting. You know, is it the last throw of the dice? So I kind of think it is. Um, there's been so much change and it's just getting to the point where it's uninspired. Like Super Rugby Pacific is pretty uninspired. Um, uh, and I'm a bit disappointed that they haven't kept Super Rugby AU. Um, but yeah, I, I'm looking forward to it. I still just don't think it will be a good comp until New Zealand just goes, yeah, look, you can have our players, um, you know, you can play in Australia and still be caught up to the All Blacks. Um, I think, you know, like for instance, in the Premier League or England, England soccer team, they don't call up, you know, Scottish guys or Irish guys or Welsh guys who've been living in um, England playing in the Premier League for, you know, out of like 
I guess, uh, what's, I don't know what the word is, but, you know, that's just like a convent they have. They've agreed with Scotland and Ireland and the Welsh Football Associations. So I think, you know, the Rugby Australia can just say the same and just go, yep, you know, these guys are Kiwis. Once they're naturalised, we won't pick them unless, you know... Um, they want to be. <laughs> you, well, New Zealand Rugby said, yeah, we don't want to pick them or something like that. I... That's my that's my takeaway from this. I'm just worried it will be, you know, what the Reds sort of like Brumbies and Reds, like last year, you know, B B plus sides, and New Zealand just steamrolling everyone. Yeah, yeah. I, I was gonna say I do like the idea of not not having as like a loophole of say we won't pick these players, but having. If just saying, if you play in Super Rugby, no matter what team you play for, you are available for selection for that country. So if there are New Zealand-based players that want to try and make a statement against their New Zealand teams, they can come to Australia and play for play for an Australian team. Like if mm. you, I know for the Pacifica, they're allowing I think I think it's three like capped player or capped New Zealanders can go play for that team and still be eligible for the All Blacks. But I just open it up. Just and they uh, need to. They they really just need to. You know, um, I think you know what I'm saying is I think that's it. what they fear is that getting capped by Australia. But you know, same thing with like the Drua. I think what two guys played for the Drua and now came through playing in Australia or for the Wallabies. It was one. Well, there's one Lamani, but he he's played. He's a capped Fijian now, so I think he he's ineligible for selection okay. for the Wallabies. Uh, there's at least one. There's a few. You look at someone like Manasi Matelli, who wasn't playing for, was barely playing for Crusaders, now playing for the Force, where he'll actually probably get a decent go. And all of a sudden, he's like, he's gone back and he's playing for Fiji, but all of a sudden, that makes Fiji's team stronger, it makes the Force's team stronger, and he gets more of a go. Like, it just seems like a perfect relationship to have. And I know we keep going on about it's not really a relationship, but that's the, I reckon that's the sort of, not only first, but best way to sort of create it. Be like, hey, borders borders are open. Go play for whatever team you want, as long as you you stay in Super Rugby, and we can actually see you play. Mm. Mm. Yeah, but it it is it is an interesting situation, and I do hope that happens. It it opens up the borders for a whole bunch of stuff. But going on Nick's point, which was kind of one of the the, the one concern that I have about this competition, um, which is, if it doesn't work, then effectively I don't see how else Super Rugby can function as a, as a property, especially at least in a domestic capacity, because mm. we've tried the, um, we've tried, you know, the, the multi different conference system where we, we had South Africa and it was a complete disaster and got us into this mess in the first place. Um, we've tried uh, to do that one comp going into another comp and, and New Zealand cleaned up because we just simply weren't strong enough. Um, and well, I, not- I don't think we really tried that. We had, we gave it one go. Yeah, well, yeah, that's true. We did give it one go. And, I and, think and what we've yeah. con- conclusively proven is having teams in South Africa, teams in Argentina, teams in Australia, New Zealand, Japan doesn't fucking work. That's what's yeah. been conclusively proven. You know, when... yeah. I don't think we should, you know, there's already talks about expansion and this comp hasn't even started yet. Yeah. I see John Kerwin, you know, go on about on the breakdown about. Oh, we need to get in Japan. We need to get in the USA. No, that's that's where um, Super Rugby fucked up. I think um, you know the best situ- you know, especially for Australia, our best years was when it was five New Zealand teams, five Australian teams, five South African teams. We won you know 
you know, two of those comps. So, uh, yeah, I think expansions off the table, um, at least get Japan in the rugby championship. I'd love to see that. But, um, yeah, just stick with this. I think um, the only way that, the, in my view, is the, the comp is going to be entertaining and fun is, you know, if the uh, New Zealand rugby was going to expand to, you know, eight teams and mm. they won't do that. One, they can't support it, and two, it'd be get, you know against their best interests in terms of making the All Blacks strong. Um, but yeah, I, I think we'll we'll see how this plays out. But you know, I'm I'm excited, I'm optimistic. But you know, in the long run, will it be sustainable? Not sure. I think I think it's going to lean to a um, you know a national comp system, and then you know it'd be great to see you know like a Heineken Cup format where the best teams. From Australia, New Zealand, then we can start talking about Japan or USA or something playing in a short uh, European trophy playoff tournament. Yeah. I think that's where it's going to be heading. Yeah, yeah, that that would be that would be good because uh, Japan are on their league. So if it was, you know, you had some sort of Super Bowl between them, where the Crusaders, <laughs> whoever won, played, you know, Panasonic. That'd be fun, you know, probably be lopsided again. But yeah, that I, and going that way is a lot better because Japan's in the same time zone um, and it's an eight hour flight, you know. So I think that is a lot better. Um, but really, I think, you know, in terms of success, how would you say this succeeds is if it is competitive. Yeah. And that is a big thing for me if it's just new because new zealand like boring i've said this to you many times nick that i think the chiefs need to be cut but it's just boring like what oh it's like oh auckland is a big city and then there's crusaders but there's no there's nothing that hooks you it's not like you know rangers playing celtic or barcelona and real madrid or anything like those things are huge but there's it's like ah, uh, like who cares like new Zealand, like, waratahs and queensland is more interesting uh, <laughs> they're too nice they're oh, too nice to each other. Like no, they all look the same as well. Like three of them are what? No, three of them are blue. Is that right? <laughs> no, it's like, it's like, and will they? You know, Adidas makes all their shirts for ages. They're sponsored by Ford or A and Z. It's just boring. And the New Zealand meeting is boring. It's like five million people. <laughs> Jesus, honestly, is, no, but honestly, a... it's boring. Like you, you got to. This is how you know sport now. It's become way more narrative focused and they really need to focus on that new zealand has to realize that that's why new zealand's running out of money mm, it's look it, it, it is an interesting one to, to look at and, and yeah it's i think there is that that whole i think that whole situational conversation i think we can only really get to though once we hit once we've actually had a, a couple one a few seasons of this comp and we actually know yeah. for, for, for certain if it works or not if we can be competitive or not um it'll be curious to see how it turns out I reckon. Yeah. Well, I think we give it a chance, you know, um, see how the Aussies do after a couple of years. And, you know, if the Brummies and Reds start beating all the New Zealand teams and happy days, we're back on board and, you know, this is the best comp ever. So uh, we should get stuck into it, back our teams and, um, you know, hope for the best. Mm, indeed. All right. I think, uh, I think that'll wrap us up uh, in all honesty. It's been a, it's been a interesting pod, a lot of things to talk about, but uh, it's, uh, I think it's, you know, fair to say there's a lot of things happening on Planet Rugby right now, and yeah. uh, I'll be curious to see uh, if uh, where things are going from. Things go from there. Curious to uh, see if Wade, uh, Quaid starts or is on the bench. Mm. <laughs> He's playing number six. Yes. Oh, spoiler alert. <laughs>
he's in the scrum. <laughs> and and we'll just... uh, can, I, can I just add that the uh, the yeah the GPS versus UQ um, yeah. final in the hospital cup's going to be uh, you know act as a curtain raiser for this uh, Bledisloe in Perth. So that should be a cracking game. I think I don't really yeah UQ seem to be the uh, the uh, the Sydney Uni of the uh, hospital cup. So I think I'll back Jeeps there. Yeah, bloody students. <laughs> Bloody students' teams being too good. Yeah, um, they got my boy Mac Greeley, so it's tough. Although, <laughs> true. Watch that. Do really recommend watching that GPS game back on stand. Yeah. Especially, especially that kick to win it was just. Yeah. It'd be nice to see. Yeah. nice to see Stephen Moore get a get a trophy. He's he's back for UQ, hooker. So, um, yeah. Stephen Moore starting. I think it's. They've had another another world be coming off the bench as well, I think. Yeah, Chiba, Chiba Hansen. Yeah, Chiba Hansen, that's it. <laughs> yeah, be one interesting, interesting one to watch. Yeah. What about Jesse Mogg? Is he coming back too? He's signed for the Brumbies next year, hasn't he? Yeah, he's back for the Brumbies. Oh so. yeah, my boy. Yeah, be curious to see if he if he gets a, if he's even in the contingent for Wallaby selection come next year. But even even so, it'll still be good to see him back at the Brums, which would be excellent. Um. All right, I think that'll do us, lads. Uh, so coming up this weekend, additionally, uh, we've got uh, – so next week it'll be South Africa Wallabies uh, and New Zealand-Argentina um, when the Queensland Rugby Championship kicks off. But this weekend it is Australia versus New Zealand in Bledisloe 3, which should be a fantastic match and uh, can't wait to see how we go. Yes, I reckon it's going to be a close match and we hope everyone in WA gets out and uh, cheers on the men in gold. Um Thank you very much to Natho, Jack, and Nick for tuning in. Um, it's been a pleasure having you lads here. And to all of our listeners, uh, we'll catch you the next time around. Eric. Well, what did go wrong? I'll have to look, look and think about it. Think about it deeply, very deeply. Did it hinge in the end on a bit of genius from Sirelli Bombo? Bit of genius, bit of magic. Sirelli Bombo, very interesting. Very good, yeah. Very good. Three cheers for Sirelli Bombo. Very good, very good. <laughs>